Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Out of this storm that was going through, um, I started just thinking about victory that's ours um, through overcoming. And when you talk about overcoming, when you talk about victory, uh, to be honest, you can't talk about those without also talking about battles, right? You can't have a victory without a battle. You're not going to overcome unless there's something to overcome. There, there's something that's uh, risen up. There's something that's attacked you. There's there, the demonic, uh, the lie of the enemy, uh, all hell that's against us. We all know that. We understand that. But in the reality of it, the obstacles, the, the battles that we face, we're either going to walk in victory or we're going to walk in defeat. And we're only going to walk in victory through Christ Jesus because our flesh is weak. And our ability uh, to be overwhelmed at times uh, is amazing because our flesh can just, it can just get negative, it can get uh, defeated, and uh, it can be overcome. And yet, the Word is so clear. Matter of fact, there are so many scriptures about overcoming in, in the Word of God. It's amazing. I just, had to, I just had to stick with the word overcome. I couldn't even go to overcomers and overcomers. Or, because if you, if you just start doing a little research in your Bible, you'll find out there's a lot of exhortation for us to walk in the gift of an overcomer. The victory that comes because of Christ Jesus. So, Father, I bless your word and declare it is every bit the power and the life that you spoke to us. And we rejoice today, Father, that through the word of God, we have the right to walk victorious against every enemy that comes against us. We declare that in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So, I, I want to talk about this overcoming obstacles that we face, why bad things happen in the world, why bad things happen to good people, why things that we will never understand in life. We'll never, we'll never get some of our questions answered. You got that, right? I mean, every time something significant happens, or the loss of a friend or loss of a family member, the first place most of us want to go to is the why. But the why is all just because of fallen man. Because thousands of years ago, Adam and Eve fell. What did they not do? They did not trust God at his word. Remember last week or the week before, I just kind of touched on the tithe and the offering, why some people, um, no matter how much they say they love God, can never be faithful with 10 cents on the dollar. And it's not because of their, uh, of their uh, love of money, but it is because of their lack of trust in Almighty God. 
Because when you think about it, when, when God says, you know, I want 10 cents of every, every dollar, does God need your 10 cents or my 10 cents? No. Does he need my dollar of my 10? Does he need my 10 of my 100? Does he need my 100 of my 1,000? No. But what he wants us to do is find out in our heart, do we really trust him? I mean, I grew up a thief and a robber in the house of God. I grew up really never being taught the principles of tithing and offering, the principles of trusting in God. And so, and so even after getting married, my idea when the offering plate went by, so many people are so glad that they live in 2023 now because we don't pass the plates anymore. They don't, they don't even have to feel guilty. I mean, you're hard-pressed. You know, I've had people walk around with their checks in their hand. Where, where do I put this? Well, we do have an usher at the back with a bucket, and you can drop it off there. About 70% of those in the house are faithful with their tithe and offering. Give it online. We live in an incredible time. I get paid, and one minute later, boom, man, my tithe is sent. My offering is given. And it's a no-brainer anymore for me because 30, no, 40, long time ago, 43-plus years ago, when all of a sudden, Holy Spirit was like, enough is enough. And he used my bride and his voice to speak a word of correction into my life that at first, as you know, made me angry. But I wasn't walking in victory. There was obstacles in my life called doubt, fear, and unbelief. I just didn't know what to call them. But when it came to the point where my wife looked at me in the face and asked me, have you been robbing God of our tithe? My first response is to slap her backhanded. I'm the man, you're the woman, shut up, listen to your husband. I'm kidding, I would never do Oh my gosh, some of y'all are like, oh my God, call the police. Well, we have one here. It's all right. It's okay. If I'd have slapped her, she'd have slapped me upside next week. <laughs> I, I'm not that dumb. I mean, I wasn't smart, but I was smart enough not to know. I never even thought that. What I thought was conviction. I wanted to respond in anger, but, but what happened was Holy Spirit loved me so much, he wanted me to walk in victory in an area that this church wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't exist today had I not got that thing right 43 plus years ago. That was elementary. That was foundational. And we could never have built walls without a foundation. And so that day when my wife walked out the door, slammed the door, the hinges shook, and she got in her car and drove off three months into our marriage, I'm wondering if she's ever coming home. I got on my face and wept before God and said, as long as I live and as long as I have breath, I'll never rob you again in my life. And that night, Sunday night church, I paid my tithe. And from that day to this day, there's never been a day, if I'm breathing, I'm tithing. Well, if I'm breathing, I also want to walk in victory over not just that obstacle in my life. Come on, somebody. But every obstacle. How many of y'all got an obstacle in your life? You got something you're dealing with. If your hand's not up, you're living in some world we don't know. So is it possible to have victory in all areas of our life? Our marriage, 
family, business, career, finances, health, and any other thing you can think of. Is it possible? I believe it's possible. I believe all things are possible. Through Christ. Not possible without Christ. Possible through Christ. Because he has made a way for us. In marriage, in relationships, in finances, in, with your children. We've had the joy this weekend of having the vast majority of our grandkids in our home. Andrew and Jess, Andrew and Gabe were uh, in a wedding this weekend out of town, and so them and their wives were gone. So we had uh, their three kids, and then you know how they're like magnets. They just start, uh, you know, they're, they're, they all got their little phones, and they're calling their cousins. Hey, come on over. You know, Bella's cooking red beans and rice. And, and all of a sudden, you know, cars are pulling up in the driveway, and we go from three kids to nine kids. And and it's been loud. <laughs> Can I just say at one moment yesterday, I was this close to just losing it. And it was like, time out. <laughs> yeah, get, get, give me a 30. No, 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 give me a full. Full time out. Because <laughs> y'all got to get quiet. Bob, it's time. We had cleaned up, hurricane cleaned up Saturday morning, man, for like three and a half hours. My trailer, you can't even see the top. It, it is just, it's huge from all the debris. And so at that moment, I was thanking God for all that free labor. <laughs> One of the grandkids said, Baba, I thought you asked my dad if we wanted to come make a little money. I said, yeah, but I didn't say I was actually going to give it to you. I mean, we cooked y'all red beans and rice, cooked pancakes and bacon for breakfast, got pizzas for lunch, you got air conditioned while you ate, you got cold lemonade. I mean, right? I, I mean, I, I'm certain that I read that in Scripture somewhere, where if you don't, John just said it, where if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, so... They, they worked, and we fed them well. <laughs> but there are obstacles in our life, especially in marriage. How many of you are married? Let me see your hand. Keep them up. Hold them nice and high. All right, listen, I'm just going to pause here one minute. Just, no, no, you got to, Steve, don't put your hand down. I didn't tell you to put your hand down. You're married. Need you to get your phones out right after service and register for our marriage gathering in October. That boy, right there. Bam, we're already full. Five of you might not make it. All right, you can put your hand down. Thank you, Craig. Craig's like, I ain't putting my hand down until he says. He, he ain't calling my name out. But listen, we believe, I believe that there's nothing more difficult than walking in a successful marriage. But there's nothing that brings more and greater joy than a successful, happy marriage. And you just don't end up happily married. You got to fight for a good marriage. Yes. Amen. How many of you know you got to fight? <laughs> no, no. I mean fight the good fight of faith. I know y'all fight. <laughs> I've seen some of y'all drive into the church parking lot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you get out and it's like, 
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is so good. My husband's a jerk, but Jesus is so good. Come on, seriously. We got to work. We got to read. We got to talk, communicate, fellowship, date, spend time doing fun stuff. Because life is tough. And so we're bringing in this great couple from somewhere, Arizona, I think. And uh, Bob and Audrey, and they have an incredible testimony. I mean, they went through hell. Adultery kills most marriages. But their story is an amazing story, and the vast majority of you know it and have heard it. And they're not coming just to tell that story again. They're going to pick up where they left off, and we're going to spend a couple days building and working on our marriages. Now, for some of you that still have PTSD from a marriage getaway we did like 25 years ago, <laughs> we are not doing any knee-to-knee, nose-to-nose, men-with-men, and your wives with some other woman. We're not doing that. That'll never be done again in our church, I promise. I repent that I allowed it because I didn't know it was going to happen. And there was nobody more awkward than I was. Because I think I was with some tall person and I was looking at his belly button. I was like, man, if I'm going nose to nose and eyeball to eyeball, I'm doing it with my wife. And that is it. Amen. But we're going to find some incredible truths. We're going to be taught some powerful word. We're going to have opportunity. We're going to have a date night. We're going to have a, a fun night here. We've already hired a band that we're bringing in from Tampa. We're going to have a good time. We're going to dance with our spouses. And uh, we're just going to have an awesome time. And you really need, I encourage you, sign up and get ready to come. All right, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. For those of you that didn't think I was going to have any scripture today, I'm about to lay it on you. 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5. These I started to do verse 5 first and then come back to verse 4, but they're, they're, together they're powerful. For everyone, say everyone, everyone, who has been born of God, what, does it, what happens? Overcome. Say it out loud. Overcome. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Faith. What is it? Faith. What is it? Make it personal. My faith, my faith. I mean, I am so thankful for every one of you and all your children that pray for me and stand for me these last three years and nine months. Literally hundreds and hundreds of people around the world that pray for me consistently and have not quit. I am convinced that all of your prayers are part of the sustaining grace that has helped me to walk in victory over this diagnosis. Three years, nine months ago, when the doctor said to Suzanne and I, without meds, he might live three months. You know, I've, I've emphasized that quite a bit over the years, but, but here, here's the other part. But then he went ahead and said, but, but we're going to believe for a year if he takes the meds. Come on, somebody, that was, that was two years, nine months ago, the first year anniversary of that doctor saying, we hope, 
My wife looked him right in the eye and said, Doc, what are we talking about? He said, three months without treatment. We're believing for a year with treatment. Three years, nine months ago. I'm believing until God's through with me that we're going to just keep mocking the lie of Satan. But it's my faith every day that I have to depend upon. See, I can have all of y'all praying over me, laying hands on me, you know, shaking me, do, doing everything. Just, but if I don't activate my faith against my obstacle, if you don't activate your faith against your obstacle, your battle, we're never, you're never going to experience victory. And sometimes I don't feel victorious. How many of you sometimes don't feel victorious? You're in a battle. You don't feel victory. But the Word of God, you know, says that all victory has overcome the world by your faith. And so you get up, you reactivate your faith, you speak to whatever it is you're going. What are you going through? Is it a marital issue? You speak to it. Is it a financial issue? You speak to it. Is it a relational issue? You speak to it. You begin to declare, activate your faith that whatever it is you're going through, you're believing that greater is he that is in you. Come on, somebody. Than he that is against you. Amen. Who is that that overcomes the world except the one, come on, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, all of us know we live in some crazy times in this world. We, we're, living in a, we're living in times where... where Pastors and even churches, whole churches, denominations are voting today on different things about the Word of God. And, and they're making Jesus Christ irrelevant. And, and they're declaring that we're all gods. And they're declaring all these crazy things that we can do and be and have that are contrary to the Word of God. So you have to get back to where what you're activating your faith for is the Word of God. John 1, verse 1. Come on. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. He's God. His Word is powerful. And, it's my, and it doesn't matter how crazy wokeism gets in 2023, 2024. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it affect your household. Don't let it come into your household. You reject it, and you receive only, thus saith the Lord. That's the King James Version. The Word of the Lord. Because whatever we're going through, no matter what it is, as believers, hear me, Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. Literally, to whatever it is that you're going through, ultimately, you get back to the promises that were rightfully yours through the spoken word, through the living word of Jesus Christ. You look at every promise that was given through what Jesus did when he went to the cross. See, Jesus going to the cross wasn't just for your salvation or just for your healing. He cares about every single thing that's going on in your life. Everything. 
Some of y'all are looking at me like you're not certain you believe that. Well, I know, I know I'm saved by grace. I'm, I'm believing. I know that some people are going to get healed. But that's not what his word said. Jesus, on his way to the cross, took a whipping, took a beating, had a crown of thorns placed, pressed into the brow of his head, so much pain that it says that his face was not visible from the pain of those thorns. My little granddaughter Stella came into my office this morning. She was here early. She is so much like her daddy, it is not even funny. She comes out of the bedroom this morning, low after six, fully dressed for church. Friday, I came out at five after six, and she was sitting on the chair in the sunroom with a little lamp on, her Bible open, having devotions. She's, what, what is she, like 10 or 11 years old? <laughs> what are you doing? I just finished devotions, Baba. At seven, I'll go wake up my brother and sister, help my little sister get dressed. Fix her breakfast. Make sure she has her lunch. Like, who are you? I know she's Andrew's child. <laughs> I mean, but she comes in my office this morning. She's got what I thought was a little splinter in the side of her finger. She said, Papa, what is this? I said, Baby, I can't even see your finger, much less. <laughs> so I got out the flashlight, magnifying glass, and I looked. I said, does that hurt? She said, no, Papa, it doesn't hurt. I said, well, that's just a little pinch from all that hard work you did yesterday. Because she's, she's out there giving orders to her cousins. <laughs> Does anybody know my son Andrew? <laughs> Phil, you know Andrew? <laughs> she's giving orders. Where, where they're supposed to throw the debris. How they're supposed to throw it up there. <laughs> She was the obstacle in her cousin's life. <laughs> They're trying to walk in victory, except Stella is telling them what to do. She's an amazing child. But whatever we're going through, Jesus paid the ultimate price. And so we go to his word and we find out what does his word have to say about this situation, this circumstance, this event in my life. Hebrews chapter 12, you know it, verse 2, starts out by saying, looking, anybody know? Cheat sheets on the screen. <laughs> looking to Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end of what? Of our faith. If we have faith, it's because Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, released that little seed so that we could first get saved. And then after salvation, we could take that seed and grow it into a tree of faith. Tree of faith. Something significant, something big, something powerful. Who for the joy that was set before him... What did he do? Endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I am thankful every day, man. I just look to the heavens and say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. 
Jesus, thank you that you are at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession on my behalf. Well, Pastor, how do you know he's doing that? Because the Word says it. Yeah, but there's like a few billion people on the earth. Yeah, but I'm his most special one. I'm just kidding. You can claim it too. You can claim it. I receive it. See? I mean, you got to speak the word. The word says that he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Therefore, you have every right to whatever it is you're going through in the battle to receive the intercession of Christ over your life and begin to activate by faith and walk out in victory no matter what the circumstances. That's good preaching right there. You have the right. You say, yeah, but Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. But he does. He does. So whatever it is you're going through, you have the right to begin to activate your personal faith. Line it up with that word and begin to declare it. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says this. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. I mean, every time I think about the story of Paul, who, after Christ died, became a killer of Christ-like people, Christians. And he began believing that he was obeying the heart of Father God to protect God and his tabernacle and his temple. And so he went about killing Christians until he had his own revelation of Christ Jesus. And when that revelation came, immediately his first response was, Lord, Lord, what would you have of me? And you know the story, somebody comes along, they have to walk him uh, to a town, uh, they, they uh, meet a, a brother, they take a saw at the time into his house, and for three days, He's blinded from the, from the light of Christ Jesus that shone upon him. And he's there just not knowing what's going to happen. Three days later, a brother comes, speaks the word, scales come off, Saul sees, and eventually becomes Paul. And goes about his life, having first of all to convince all the believers that he's not putting on a charade so he could find out where they are so he could kill them. He, he had to convince the believers before he actually had an opportunity to speak to the unbelievers. They were like, oh, I don't want that guy. What, what do you mean, Lord? That guy went around killing people like us. Yeah, but man, some of you that think you're the worst sinner ever, that's why God can use you so awesomely great. Awesomely great. That's a new word I just created. He can use you greatly. You don't have to let your past be a condemnation or a guilt. Oh, that's good. Over your life. You have every right to proclaim that through Christ Jesus, you're a new creature. New creation. All things. The old man passed away. And now everything is new. And you begin to walk in the fullness of that 
power of the resurrected Christ in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation, say that out loud, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able you remember the last couple of weeks I've talked to you about don't believe the lie and feel sorry for your teenage kids because what they're going through in 2023. We have to rebuke that as a lie from hell and begin to speak to these amazing young people that God has given us and say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're amazing. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know what God's plan for your life is? Do you know what the purpose of God is and, and how it's going to be manifested through your obedience? You begin to speak to your children the Word of God because you don't have to feel sorry for them. The Word says right there in 1 Corinthians that He has already graced them to overcome every temptation and that they are, He's made a way of escape for them. I was told the other day, by one of the sets of my kids uh, that they were out at an outing and one of my granddaughters uh, had a young man at the park come up to her, I think right in front of her mother, and wanted her phone number. Oh. <laughs> and the mother said, that ain't gonna happen. And you know what? I don't know if the daughter was a little embarrassed by it or whatever, but we have to teach our kids not to be embarrassed about something like that. Just rise up and say, I don't know you. You're not getting nothing from me. Because in this day and age, we can all tell our little girls what those little boys want. And we have to teach them and train them that they are special. You just don't give your number out to anybody. You don't know who that anybody is. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what their background is. And they are special. They is beautiful. They is sweet. They is kind. Come on, Annie Bell. They are the beauty of Christ. And man, God has such a purpose. Remember I told you that story last week about that couple that decided when they first went out on their first little courtship date, they were college age, and he said to her, I think I like you and like to get to know you, but I just want you to know that if we're going to even do this, we're going to keep the flesh completely out of it. We're not touching, we're not holding hands, we're not kissing, we're not making out. And a year and a half later, that young couple was married and had their first kiss at the altar. Some people say, that is so weird. I say that is so biblically normal that it is weird to the world. And for some of you Christian parents that think and bless your kids to do things that is for marriage, shame on you, and you need to find out and get a revelation of what the Word of God says, that, that she is his sister and he is her brother until the mystery that when they say I do they go from being a brother and a sister to a husband and a wife that'll preach more importantly that'll live 
More importantly, you won't have a child out of wedlock if you live that way. You say, oh, that, that would never happen. Oh, it happens every day in churches all over the world. When I was a youth pastor, man, I did my best. I preached the truth. I walked in it. But one year long, we had three young teenage girls end up pregnant by their little teenage church boyfriends. That doesn't honor God. And it tears at the very soul of that girl and that boy. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Some of you are just like, how many are glad you're already married? <laughs> I am so thankful. But there's a grace for the next generation. And wouldn't it be great that the next generation end up at the altar of the Lord one day ready to get married without regret? Without having to stand up there going, you know, barely able to stand because of guilt, shame, and condemnation. Because there is a grace. There's a grace to walk righteous. There's a grace to treat your sister like a sister and your brother like a brother. There's a grace. You won't end up pregnant. You won't have an abortion. You won't end up with shame when we walk in truth. Same in marriage. Once we're married, hear me, there's a grace to stay married. Yeah, but I don't even like this person anymore. Yeah, but there was a time when you couldn't do life without him or her. Oh, 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 she, oh she's so wonderful. <laughs> and then about 20 years come and go. Youthful beauty. Man, that guy that had all those six packs. and Man, was he a stud. Now his jet chest has dropped into his drawers. <laughs> and he looks like a donut man. It's for better or worse. For richer or poor. In sickness and or in health. That we commit. For those that you have struggled through divorce, you know what I'm talking about. You, you hate what you went through. I'm the product of divorce. And most of y'all know my story. My mom and dad weren't, they weren't satisfied with just one divorce. They got remarried. Then they got another divorce. No, no, we ain't stopping there. Then they got married again. I'm not exaggerating in the line. They married and divorced three times. Then my daddy remarried twice after that. And then finally at 95, we put him in the nursing home. I said, Pop, no more marriages. You can look, but you can't touch. I got the throttle to your wheelchair, and I will lock that thing down. <laughs> and he got committed to living out the kingdom, started reading the Bible, man, nonstop, started going around ministering to his, all of his friends in the, in the nursing home, the men and the women alike. And the day my dad died on a Sunday morning, and they came to take his body, in that nursing home, they would always make all the residents go in the room and close the door. They didn't want them to experience death on a, just a weekly basis. And yet, when we rolled my dad out, every door down that hall in that nursing home was open. And every resident, whether it was a man or a woman, was standing or sitting in their wheelchairs at their door, speaking to Mr. Jim as he went by. Thank you, Mr. Jim, for praying for me. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for reading the word to me. Man, what happened that a 95-year-old man's life could radically change? Some of you would say, well, he just got too old to do anything else. I believe otherwise. I believe he got a revelation of Christ. And his last five years were the most fruitful years of his life. Bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bibles for Cuba. With the little bit of money that he earned. <laughs> Some of y'all are saying, What's, what are they laughing about? Well, my dad played bingo at the nursing home. And every time they'd win, the little lady that ran the game would put a quarter down. And after the first time my dad played, he had like seven quarters. What is that, like $1.75? He called me and said, son, I just got $1.75. What am I to do with it? I said, I don't know, dad, buy something. He said, I don't need anything. They give me everything I need, three meals a day and two sets of snacks. He said, how much the week before we had started the Bible drive for Cuba, a million Bibles for Cuba, $5.40 a Bible. My, my dad said, son, how much are those Bibles? I said, Pop, they're $5.40. That would be 22 quarters and a dime back. Somebody make sure my math is right. <laughs> By the next day, Dad had already bought a Bible. And four and a half years later, when he died, he had bought hundreds of Bibles. Because once the word got out what my dad was doing, not only would he win the quarters when he, when he won, but the little ladies and the little guys sitting at the tables around, when they would get their quarters, they'd go lay them on Mr. Jim's stack. We actually bought more Bibles. How many of you were here for the celebration of my dad's life, the memorial service we had? Raise your hand. Hold. My dad wanted two things when he died. He wanted everybody in blue and orange. Sorry about that. For all you FSU fans, but even Miss Marianne, I think she wore blue and orange. She said, only for Mr. Jim would she ever put on those ugly clothes. <laughs> but we had several hundred people here celebrating my dad's life. And the second thing he wanted, he said, I don't want any flowers because they're going to just go to the ground anyhow. He said, son, put a basket up there and tell everybody that comes, instead of buying any flowers, buy one Bible for Cuba, $5.40. And that day... In my dad's celebration of his life, he bought more Bibles than he had bought in the four and a half years of buying, playing bingo. Because the generosity of you that said to this old man, I'm going to honor him at his death with what he desired. There's obstacles to get to victory. There's obstacles. But we have every right Romans 12, 21, two more verses, and I close. Five minutes over already. Romans 12, I'm doing good. Uh, Romans 12, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then last one, I started quoting it a while ago. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, hear me, and the darkness has not overcome it. i got to give you one more, just, just one more, because this one's powerful. Revelations chapter 3, verse 21. 
Look at the first two words. The one. So that, that's a statement. But what it's saying is the one who conquers. There's a promise that Jesus gave. Powerful promise. I think we should read it. I will grant him or her to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. There's something about conquering the obstacles so that we can experience the victory of the promise of God where we get to sit down with Jesus. Where? At the right hand of the Father. It's a promise. So when the battles come against you, obstacles are there, tough times in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your relationship, in your finances. Don't grow weary. Go to the Word. Speak the Word. Read the Word. Pray the Word. Declare the Word. Because the promise, if we will not faint, if, if we walk as a conqueror, then we have the promise. There's also another one in Revelation. I'm not going to read it to you because I already told you that that was my last scripture. But I'm going to just tell it to you. See, there's another one in Revelations that says, to him who overcomes, what's he say? I will not take an eraser and erase your name out of the Lamb's book of life. The promise, if you don't want your name erased, is we choose victory. We choose to overcome. We choose to be a conqueror. And so, as our state will overcome, rise again, walk in victory after a hurricane, the last hurricane, the next hurricane, and anything else that comes, it's a choice. And we choose. So I encourage you today. I know Sundays, we put on our Sunday best, we come, we put a smile, we give all the hugs. But the truth of the matter is, many of us come in here and we are dealing with stuff. And it's okay. It's okay. I mean, this week, I have to get on the car again, drive back down to Clearwater, go through treatments, get IVs, get on a plane, go get a bunch of tests that I hate. But in the midst of it all, if I want a good report, I got to subject to walk through some things. If you want victory, you've got to walk through the obstacles that the enemy brings against you. And the answer is Jesus. Amen? Bow your head. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus today that we are victorious through Christ Jesus who is more than a conqueror, who enables us to be more than a conqueror, who enables us to walk victorious in life, in health, in family, in relationships, in our church relationships, with our brothers and our sisters, in our finances. Father, I am thankful today for your goodness in every area of our lives, in every area. With every head bowed and Believers are praying right now. I want to just speak to anyone in this room and those that are watching online this morning. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus,
as Lord and Savior of your life. You've never asked him to come into your heart, be your Lord. Or maybe you're in that backslidden state where you once walked with God, but for some reason you slipped away. You believed a lie. The enemy brought discouragement. Jesus loves you so much. And he wants you not only to walk in victory one day, he wants you to walk with the Father. Therefore, he was willing to go to the cross on your behalf. He's willing to die on your behalf so that you could experience life and that life more abundantly. If today sitting in this room or watching online, you do not know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior of your life, I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to invite you to raise your hand and respond just by the raising your hand. I'm going to lead you, this whole congregation, we're going to pray together as you invite Jesus to come in, to be the Lord of your life from here throughout all eternity. If that's you this morning, right here, right now, would you just lift up your hand and hold it? Let, hold it up long enough till I can see it. Yes, sir, God bless you, sir. But hold it. You can put it down once I see it. Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else this morning, you want to join this precious brother? Jesus, today. Yes, God bless you, my dear. Bless you. This young lady. Nothing better than a young person surrendering to Jesus. You're watching online, you surrender. I can't see it, but you can write the office, but you can pray this prayer with us in just a moment. Call, text, write the office. We're here for you. Anyone else before I lead us in a prayer this morning? I don't want to leave anyone out. Yes, dear, God bless you. Bless you. Greatest decision you're ever making is right here, right now. Every other decision in life doesn't compare to the decision to follow Jesus. Yes, God bless you. Thank you, dear. I want to invite you all to stand right where you're standing. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I want to invite the whole congregation to pray out loud with us as we pray with these four that responded and any that responded online. Pray this out loud with me. Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And I say thank you for giving Jesus so that I could have life, so that I could know you, Father, so that I could spend eternity with you. Today, Jesus, I open up my heart. I invite you to come in. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I lay it all at your feet. I surrender, Jesus, my all in all to you today. And I receive by faith my salvation because of what you did, Jesus. I choose this day to not only receive you, but I choose to serve you all the rest of the days of my life. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me from this day forward to know your love so that I can walk in it. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for these three, four, five folks that responded this morning. Greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.